0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that are reunited,
1: and it feels so good. So good. What's up, guys? This has been a while. Timmy was on his honeymoon. Congrats again to Timmy. Such a happy boy on his honeymoon. You know. And then Jason uh, was moving, so we had to help him, and then I was in Vegas, and then Timmy missed yesterday's waiver episode. Which, by the way, if you want to check
0: the waiver episode, Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy, cheap plug.
1: Yes, there is a lot more to the waiver wire than just looking at rankings, a lot more. Well, if you are a
0: new fan of Brodo, welcome. We appreciate your business. And if you are not a new fan of Brodo, you know that this is the flagship show of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast where we give you the preview of every single fantasy viable player that we have out here. You guys ready to go? Oh, I'm, oh, I'm just rattled up, startled. <laughs> the Broto Fantasy Football Welcome Podcast. Welcome back to the Broto Fantasy now. Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness Michael and Jason Petrop. So it's gonna be good to get all three opinions right now, man. Yeah. I, that's the best part about this show. I, I love the fact that there's three of us and we all have like different opinions, okay. and we we tend to disagree a lot when it comes to the fantasy. So it's good to like let the people know like the, the different sides of everything and all that shit, and then let them decide themselves on what to do in their fantasy teams. Yeah, although oh man. we
1: will rarely convince each other on things too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure.
0: But you know, usually if you go with me, you're probably it's your best bet. I mean- um.
1: Avid listeners know that's not true, but whatever. I mean,
0: avid listeners know that's (laughs) absolutely true. And hopefully we make you an avid listener. Um, Shout out to our sponsors before we get started. Red Cup News. They are the number one source, number one in our hearts at least, for anything college football or college sports related or really college atmosphere at at all. Uh, You can follow them at Red Cup News on Instagram where they have their best following. Also, if you're in a school... um, And you want to check out their specific page for your school, go check out and see if they have that. They have a lot of schools, different pages. We are the official fantasy broadcast of them. So not only are they the best at college sports, they're also the best at fantasy sports. Yahtzee. Duh. Also, uh, shout out to Thrive Fantasy. We're going to be giving you the Thrive 5 at the end of the second episode, which is 5 picks in this fantasy landscape. They are over-unders. This is a brand new place. Go to thrivefantasy.com or download the Thrive app on any phone that you have. They are a daily fantasy game, but that's based on over-unders. So instead of starting a player, you get to add, you get to start the bet against the player. So last week, Jason took a bet that said Christian McCaffrey over 82 uh, total yards. Obviously, he smashed that. So, rushing yards. I'm sorry. Rushing yards. So... Jason gave you some Thrive Five. We're gonna give you the Thrive Five today. So shout out to them. If you use the promo code Broto B R O T O, then you get a free ten dollars for a a deposit of the minimum of ten dollars, dude. It's free money. Go get it. Go bet it. And if you lose it, whatever. And if you don't lose it, go get it. Go bet it. Make it into more money. Um, So thanks for the for the sponsors. Also, our last sponsor, you guys patreon.com slash veterans minimum is the patreon to sign up for you get free exclusive episodes we just put out our first waiver wire episode last week i mean sorry yesterday um on that waiver wire episode were guys like terry McLaurin, john brown uh josh john ross um who else you guys have on that i wasn't on the the pod
1: A lot. Malcolm Brown. Yeah, so let's not uh, say everything so they call Hardman. Hardman, You know, a lot
0: of guys. Right, so a lot of guys that you can get on your—and we tell you not only that, would you use your top waiver priority in these guys, how much fab would we spend on these guys, and going forward, who to drop for these guys, which is half of the battle. So go to that Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. But the reason why you're here and the reason why you would decide to join our Patreon is because we run this fantasy thing. So let's get it started right away with the Buccaneers at the Panthers for Thursday night football. Um, let's get it started because both of these teams kind of had a horrible debut outside of a couple players. Um, let's start on the Buccaneers' side. Um, let's start with the pass catchers. Mike Evans last week, he was feeling down. He, was, he had the flu. He had some flu-like symptoms. He wasn't he wasn't right. Uh, did not have a good game. Chris Godwin salvaged his day with a, with a touchdown. Um these pass catchers out here. O.J. Howard had a fucking horrible game. Really bad game for O.J. Howard. I saw O.J. Howard on some on some waiver wires. Uh, that's, some people asking right, us if they that's should. That's absurd. Yeah, if they should drop O.J. Howard. The, I mean, the answer is no. But with that being said, Jason, let's start with you. How do you feel about these pass catchers against the
1: Panthers secondary? If I'm being honest, I I prefer Chris Godwin to Mike Evans a little bit this week. Uh. It, we, we know Bruce Arians likes to utilize his slot wide receiver, and that didn't change last week. O.J. Howard, the tight end, wasn't utilized as much as he should. Chris Godwin out-targeted Mike Evans. And typically, defenses don't have their best cornerbacks in the slot, unless you're talking about Denver and Chris Harris. So I think that this is a good opportunity for uh, Chris Godwin to have a nice game. Mike Evans, you should start as well. Don't give up on him after one week. Uh, But the Panthers aren't an imposing secondary by any means.
0: I think that Mike Evans is one of the guys that you should be targeting on your waiver wires. So, for example, I have in one of my leagues, I'm rostering three quarterbacks. I never do that, but I'm rostering three quarterbacks only because I drafted Baker Mayfield. Uh, I have the backup of Lamar Jackson. And when AB signed on, I picked up Tom Brady. right. So I have those three guys. Now, I'm trying to parlay Lamar Jackson into a player. Mike Evans is a guy that I'm thinking about where you could package Lamar Jackson and a wide receiver for Mike Evans because someone's down on Mike Evans. Go ahead and do that. Cooper Cup didn't have a great game. I'm trying to trade Lamar Jackson for Cooper Cup straight up, and I hope it it goes through. But trades like that, that's how you win trades right there when you sell high in week one and week two. You know, let
1: me just add in because I was going to, like, I'm not going to lie to you, I was going to mock you a little bit because of those trade um options you just said but then i have to remind myself that people actually do make trades for quarterbacks in one quarterback weeks yeah like it's not true. everyone has the mindset that i have so to add on to what you just said if you can trade your backup quarterback or someone like cooper cup don't even think about it yeah, yeah. just do it right Absolutely. away especially a even guy if like your starting quarterback <laughs> if there's a viable honestly, option on the bench
0: yeah for sure um oh,
1: mike evans though i have him as my 10th receiver this week i'm not too worried about it this dude was basically i think he was on an iv during the game like on the sideline so it's not like he was super healthy at all. Like, he was sick. So I'm not too super worried about it. We've been through this before with James Bradbury. Remember, the Julio Jones is going to lock down James Bradbury thing. And James then Dante Jackson is whatever. I mean, they don't have, like, a lockdown quarter. And Mike Evans has shown to be a beast. And we saw James Winston last season start bad. One TD, two Intos week one. And then 400 yards and four touchdowns week two. Or something of that sort. Oh no! Week one he went off. Then he had another a bad week, and then a great week again. So it's just that's how Jameis Winston is. So I'm not super down on the pass catchers this week. It does for me the fact that the Pant the the uh, Buccaneers, in my opinion, are the only team that I kind of prefer to play on Thursday. Hmm. Usually Thursday games are bad because teams are less prepared and they and uh, they're just not fully healthy yet. Like they're still recovering. But Jameis Winston needs the least prepared defense possible going against him for him to just fling the ball and be successful. So I like the fact that Jameis Winston's playing this Thursday for his pass catchers. Yeah. Honestly, that's that's not the worst thing you've ever said. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of
0: agree. Like if if the 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 advantage is definitely with a team that just slings the ball around. And and Jameis Winston's gonna make mistakes anyway. Um, but with that being said like, O.J., let's talk about the tight ends real quick because O.J. Howard had a bad game, and Cameron Braid caught two touchdowns on the same drive that both got taken away with penalties. Yep. Are you worried about him at
1: all? I'm not. Cameron Brait is not super involved when O.J. Howard's on the field. They they threw him a couple balls at a screen for him. I mean, no one's really expecting a screen to the backup tight end, and it worked for a 20-yard touchdown. It just happened to be called back. So, like, I'm not – I wouldn't be worried about it if I'm a Howard owner. He played almost Look, every snap. I'm worried about Howard in the sense where I think that – He's not going to be on the same level as Evan Ingram this season. You just can't ignore that every time Winston's on the field, Cameron Burt's getting red zone targets. It's just fact. It happened. Last season, it didn't. It did happen to an extent. Not a lot, but even three red zone targets is a big deal when you're dealing with a tight end who doesn't get that many. Yeah. So it's a little concerning.
0: You figured it would be different this year with Bruce Arians. Like that, it it figured to be different.
1: Not to mention Bright made a sick catch on a penalty that would have been a touchdown. He did. So talk
0: to me about the running backs then, Jason, because Bruce Arians continues to insist that Peyton Barber is a starter. But we've seen this out of Bruce Arians before when Chris Johnson was starting, even though David Johnson was the back to own there. Um, Ronald Jones, 13 carries for 75 yards, definitely had a couple of impressive runs uh Dare, uh Dare Dar- 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 bro.
1: How dare you? Sorry. Not No, Dar- his name. Uh
0: four receptions out of the backfield. He's obviously the pass catching back. Um so what's your view on this backfield? Are you confident in any of these guys and is there any of these guys that you could actually start?
1: Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to start one with it's Ronald Jones. He just looks better than Peyton Barber at this point in his career. I mean, Peyton Barber like he'd be a average running back at the XFL. Let's be real. <laughs> he's a he's a good pass blocker. And so that's what he has going for him. Dari played more snaps than any of them. Uh, and he's the pass catching back. So if we're going to take a shot on any of them, Dari seems to be the one, which is absurd uh, to know. Dari Agwinwale, he played 27% of the snaps. Uh, excuse me, he played 27 of 70 snaps. 25 for Barber, 22 for Ojo. 13 rushes for Ojo, though, like Timmy said, for 75 yards. So when he was on the field, he was getting the ball. I'm not trying to get the... Third down back on the Bucks right now with the way that offense is looking. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I think that if you're
0: gonna take a chance on anyone, it's Ronald Jones, but don't take a chance on anyone.
1: You're making me pick one of the evils. Yeah, you're gonna try to make it seem like I'm telling you guys to start him.
0: Nah, nah, not at all. We're just we're just saying you're stupid. That's all we're saying.
1: Obviously. Oh, uh, I agree then. My yeah, bad. I'm right, yeah,
0: yeah, no doubt. Shut the fuck up next time. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got. Uh, let's talk about the last person that's fantasy viable on this team, uh, Jameis Winston. Is he a streaming option for you guys this week? hes I haven't finished my rankings, but he's going to end somewhere in the 15 to 20 ranks for, for rating for me.
1: Yeah, I have I him at 19 right now. Uh, there's him, no way. There's no way you could start him. And as Michael said, uh, James Winston, the best time to start him is Thursdays. And on Thursday nights, he's averaged around um, like 18 to 20 points a week, which is a decent amount. So maybe Michael's on to something where you want to start him on Thursday games. But after how atrocious he was last week, after he wasn't very good last season. You have to go with a different option right now. It's not like the Panthers' defense is the Buccaneers' defense.
0: So let's move on to the Panthers then. Michael, I would ask you about Jameis Winston, but, I mean, I know what you're going to say. So let's move on to the Panthers. Guys, Christian McCaffrey is a fucking stud. Uh, 19 for 128 on the ground with two touchdowns. In the air, 10 for 81. He was basically the entire... uh, Carolina offense so I mean if you have Christian McCaffrey you're really happy in a in a plus matchup here against a really bad defense So let's not waste any time on that. Let's go to the other pass catching options DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel DJ Moore had a decent game seven for 76 if you're in a PPR league you're liking what you got at the DJ Moore On the other hand Curtis Samuel super disappointing. We went over this on the Monday show He had a couple of missed opportunities that could have gave him a lot more Uh, Jarius Wright only one catch Chris Hogan's a person. So uh, what do you guys think about this, especially with Greg Olson questionable for the game? Uh, what do you guys think about the pass-catching options out of Carolina? Michael, let start with you this time.
1: So DJ Moore uh, and Curtis Samuel and Greg Olson played nearly every snap. CMC played 100% of the snaps. So they knew what they were doing, the Panthers. They're putting their playmakers on the field, and they're just letting their playmakers stay on the field. Which is why, when you're going up against Tampa Bay, you want to utilize those playmakers. We are low consensus on Panthers players going—we were low on Panthers players going into the season, and week one was why uh, Cam Newton obviously just has not made any strides as a quarterback. I, I'm i right, relaxed. Dude, anyone who thinks—Cam Newton's no longer top-12 QB. What if do you he's relaxed? If he's not going to be running, he had one rush for negative two yards— if he's just a strictly passing quarterback now, he should absolutely no, be nowhere near fantasy teams.
0: I wouldn't say nowhere near fantasy teams. We have seen this out of Cam where he has a bad game to start the year, and then all of a sudden he'll hit you with three touchdowns, especially, usually, especially against the Tampa Bay defense on the He'll usually run, week. too. Yeah, he will usually run. That's something that we're going to have to see this uh, in the second game, because if they're being hesitant about him running, then that's definitely a cause for concern. And you're definitely better off with a guy off the waiver wire uh, than Cam Newton. Uh, I know I I own Cam in in a league, and I'm starting Josh Allen over
1: him this week, probably. Yeah, DJ Moore, I was saying, is my uh, wide receiver 20, so I think he's a solid wide receiver too. I have Curtis Samuel outside the top 36, just because he wasn't super involved. If Greg Olson is out, then he's going to shoot into my top 36 receivers.
0: Yeah, I agree. If Greg Olson's out, then I think that gives Curtis Samuel a lot more of the middle of the field to work with. Jason, how are you feeling about these pass catchers out in
1: Carolina? Look, it's established at this point that with Christian McCaffrey seeing 10 targets a game, Kevin Newman's not carrying two different wide receivers. It's just not going to happen. And right now, the odds are that that person is going to be DJ Moore. And when you have a matchup like the Bucs, you can start Curtis Samuel as an upside wide receiver three and hope that he busts, I mean booms, uh, flex more preferably. But odds are is that you're probably going to be disappointed, and DJ Moore is probably going to be the one who has a good game.
0: So let's let's talk about it. So who, let's talk about some guys that you might start over him. What about uh Chris Thompson? Are you starting Chris Thompson over him this week? No. Over Curtis Samuel? No. 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 Uh, what about like Jordan Howard?
1: No. I'm starting Chris Thompson over Jordan Howard. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So then why would I say yes to Jordan Howard? I
0: mean, it's not that in no way shape or form am I just asking you guys what's going on on my fantasy team. What about Robbie Anderson?
1: <laughs> You're an <laughs>
0: asshole. <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on. Uh what about uh so Robbie told,
1: Anderson's tough
0: Robbie Anderson is a that tough was a one. good one. Because I'd probably go Robbie, but we'll talk about Robbie more. But he got Ooh. a little heat from Gase in the media this week, which is uh, a little surprising. Everyone did apparently. Uh, so let's go to our next game. Unless there's, is there anyone else you guys want to talk about here? Ian Thomas, if if Greg Olson doesn't play, tight end two. Yeah, you're not you're not touching him. Uh, any other one? Anyone else? Yeah, eh, eh, going once, going twice. All right, let's move on. Uh, we got the Arizona Cardinals at the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens looked like an unstoppable offense last week, and a lot of that had to do with the passing prowess of Lamar Jackson. I was on record a lot this summer saying, both on Veterans Minimum and on this show, saying that I do not buy the narrative that Lamar Jackson cannot throw. I think that uh, judging him only on his rookie season in a half a year is foolish. Uh, But with that being said, Lamar Jackson in a plus matchup, Has to be in your top five quarterbacks, in my opinion. Jason, do you agree with me?
1: Yeah. I mean, at this point, he has to be. Because he didn't even run last week, and he was a stud. And odds are that his legs are what's going to carry him the rest of the year. Let's be real. He's not Tom Brady now, just because he had one good game against the Miami Dolphins quadruple A team. Uh, But at the moment, Lamar Jackson has to be a top five quarterback. Quadruple A is a bar. I do have Lamar Jackson as my QB3 this week, and I agree. You can't get a better start to a season for Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. which is why I also think he could be a very good sell-high option. Like you said, if you're able to trade a quarterback for a position player, you should almost always do it. Um, He got the Miami Dolphins, who are a shell of a football team. They're just very bad. And now they get the Arizona Cardinals, who run an air-raid offense and try to run as many plays as they possibly can in 60 minutes. So now he goes from the worst defense in the league to a bad defense with an opposing offense that just tries to run mad plays and go fast. So he's going to be on the field a bunch again.
0: Mark Ingram, uh, 14 carries for 107 yards and two touchdowns. Gus Edwards also had 17 carries for 56 yards. Gus Justin, Justice Hill, seven carries for 27 yards. This is a game where Lamar Jackson didn't have to run. So these running backs had the opportunity, and they were obviously in a very, very positive game script. Right. So with that being said, man, I just two rushing touchdowns and six throwing touchdowns, 59 points for the Ravens last week. That's fucking insane. With that being said, though, how do you see these this backfield playing out against, again, a a team that you can run on?
1: Uh, Gus Bus Edwards. I'm just accounting that to the fact that they were playing in a blowout. He got most of his work in the second half. I wouldn't expect him to get more than three or four carries this week. I I disagree.
0: I, I really think this is going to be a an even split backfield with Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards going forward. I really do. I don't know. I mean, well most I most of his
1: work in the second half, though. He did.
0: I yeah. mean, that's because the game was so far out of hand.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. That's what I'm saying. If this game is closer, then. I
0: still expect Gus Edwards to get some work. Maybe not 50-50. Maybe I'm being a little a little hyperbolic there. Uh,
1: but Mark Ingram I have as my RB14 because he does have such appeal in this game where they're going to be running a lot of plays and Arizona's not a good defense. And his non-pass-catching role in the first game is uh, not good, especially when he where they were already saying Justice Hill might be the, th- the third down guy. So that's why I have him at 14, just because I don't really see the pass catching potential for him. But he could easily run in a couple more touchdowns, which is why I have him in my RB 14. Uh, Hill and Edwards I wouldn't touch this week.
0: I think if for to counter that narrative for a second, though, not a single running back got a reception. Uh, the only reception by a running back number is by Patrick Ricard, one catch for one yard, the fullback. So like that's touchdown that's obviously going to be something that the ravens utilize the running back out of the backfield so i don't think you could give up on that just yet because no running backs got touches because the wide receivers were so good uh jason what do you how do you feel about these running backs
1: you have to start marking Ingram, but i think the same concern is this concern last week he got two touchdowns so you don't care about it but if he doesn't get in the end zone in the first half and the uh Ravens are up 28 zip then Gus Edwards is going to come in and have a lot of carries. You, so that's a risk that's carried with Mark Ingram that makes it more of a RB2 than an RB1 cuz we're also assuming that the Ravens are going to blow out the Cardinals which it's likely but we can't just assume that. No, I wouldn't make that assumption at all. Uh if I'm the
0: spread is minus 13. Oh, okay. So Vegas is assuming that. And what's <laughs> yeah. the what's the point? What's the over under point total? 43 Okay, so they have him scoring 30 points. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, ma- it makes a lot of sense. So, Mark Ingram, obviously, volatile RB2. I think that we predicted that for him in the season, and it nothing in the first week made us think otherwise. Um, the receiving now, this is where it gets interesting. Hollywood Brown, on the field for only 12 snaps. But when he was in, they utilized him for receptions, 147 yards, including two bombs. That's an average of 36 yards a catch. Holy dicks! Um, two TDs. <laughs> uh, I mean, no one really, no one else really got any work. Willie Sneed, two for 41. Um, we're gonna, I'm gonna save the, I'm gonna save the tight ends because Mark Andrews is my love, and I want to talk about him a little bit. But how do you feel about Marquise Brown, Hollywood, as some people know him as?
1: Do you think that this is something that could be sustained, Michael? Marquise, say goodbye. Say goodbye to Hollywood Brown. Was a beast
0: in his first game. He was, and if you go back in the tape, it's he's just better than a pretty good Dolphin secondary. Not for nothing. I know they yeah, lose besides and Howard. They don't really have anyone. Nah, they, they have Fitzpatrick, Mika Fitzpatrick's pretty good. Yeah, they have, a, they have a they have a good core there.
1: Well, for Hollywood Brown, the fact that he only played twelve snaps obviously is concerning. But he also didn't play in the preseason. So Jason, what do you think about my boy, Marky Mark? I think Marky look, Mark do do there's, there's, do do, do. Well, that's, that's not, not even that good, horrible. man. You gotta you gotta do better than that. J- Timmy said Marky Mark. Like, that's what well, I thought. Like DJ Chark works. Yeah. But Marky Mark? Come no, on. Definitely not. Get out. All Just right. Get out. J- Michael, go. Look, I think there's go. gonna be times where Mark Andrews disappoints. That's why he's not a top tier tight end. Just because of the offense he's in, it's he's gonna have to be efficient with his targets. The thing is, you also have to wonder if the offense is going to get predictable when he's in. Because he played the least snaps of any tight end last week. He played 31. Boyle and Hurst both at 43. I think you also have to take into account, though, that that's the because of the, of the blowout. Well, the point I was going to make also, he ran a route on 18 of those. Basically, when he comes in, they're not running. They're, they're passing the ball more than 50% of the time. That cannot be said the same way for the other uh, tight ends. So if the offense starts to get predictable when Andrews is in, the defense might try to start guarding him a little better. 14 uh,
0: receptions for for Ravens tight ends in this game. And I think
1: that some, one
0: thing that we've talked about is that the Ravens are going to throw their tight ends like crazy. Hayden Hurst also had three receptions for 41 yards. Nick Boyle, three receptions for 26 yards. Um, and if you're counting a fullback as kind of like a tight end, he had a reception too. So, I mean, this this offense is going to go to the tight end, and the receiving tight end on that – List, I want them. Uh, But that's just me. That's just me. All right, uh, anyone else in the Ravens you guys would like to talk about? All right, let's move over to Arizona, guys. Arizona played in 10 personnel, which is four receivers on the field. Over 70% of the time. Yep. Last game. You want to hear a crazy stat? The highest percentage of 10 personnel last year was 13%. 13. They did it over
1: 70% of the time. They said it was going to happen. The Max Williams played the most at tight end, I believe it was, and he was on the field for, like, 20% of the snaps. Like, they don't even... They basically decided they a tight end is not for them. I mean, Fitz played 85 of 89 snaps. Christian Kirk, 83. Jamari Bird, 78. And then Keyshawn Johnson, 68. So, I mean... And Michael Crabtree's
0: supposed to be active this
1: week. Yeah, Andy Isabella hardly mixed in, which was a bit of a surprise, too. But yeah, they did... The first three quarters was absolutely atrocious it was some of the worst football basically ever and then quarter four they absolutely went off so going into this matchup against the Ravens it's a big hurdle that they're gonna have to jump over if they want to be consistent going up against the Ravens I'm not gonna trust Kyler Murray in this one uh Larry Fitz I don't want to trust as more than a wide receiver three Christian Kirk a flex. I'm not touching Bird or Johnson. This is just an all-around very hard matchup for the Cardinals.
0: I like Fitz. I think one thing that you saw was when he started to go to Fitzgerald. That's when he started to have some um, some success. So a young quarterback, he's gonna reach back into that well. Um, Jason,
1: how do you feel about the pass catchers here? I just, I'm with Michael. I think you should just try to avoid the Ravens in this matchup. It's not something that you're gonna wanna uh, do. What I think is it's just not going to be a great week all around. If you look at David Johnson as well, I have him ranked 13th. I don't have him as an RB1. I think it's going to be a rough week for a rookie quarterback. You ought to remember, it's also a rookie head coach, and the Ravens are a great defense. Let's talk about David Johnson
0: because he salvaged his day with a ridiculous catch in the end zone, doming someone. But he had a really bad first three quarters. Are you worried about David Johnson in this four-wide receiver set that they run 70% of the time?
1: DJ was the running back on the field for almost every snap so that is great to see for dj uh this week is not a great matchup against baltimore but if he's going to be the guy getting all the rushes and all the pass catches out of the backfield then he's a surefire rb1 basically every week uh anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game no 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 charles
0: charles clay love all right let's move on some charles clay chargers at lions uh Man, the Chargers keep getting the injury bug over and over and over again. It's like the history of the Chargers. Hunter Henry fractured his kneecap. He's going to miss at least six weeks. And then you got uh, Mike Williams, who is questionable right now, Doubt or is he listed as doubtful. Um, he's He has an injury. They don't know if he's going to play, so keep an eye on that, monitor that. With that being said, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler look like great plays again.
1: Yeah, if Hunter Henry's already out, if Mike Williams is out too, I mean, I already have Austin Eckler as my number 11 running back this week. If uh, if Mike Williams is out too, I might have to move Eckler up even more because he might catch 10 passes if that's the case. Keenan Allen I already have as my wide receiver 7, so I'm loving both of them against uh, Detroit defense. That really is not super scary. I was, The Detroit defense, I think you saw them uh, in the
0: last game I think you saw how to neutralize them, and that's you pass all over them. Uh, you're not going to be able to run in between the tackles there. Oh, luckily, Austin Eckler doesn't have to run in between the tackles, and no one's really starting Justin Jackson. Um, what, Jason, do you think Justin Jackson's a starter at all in this game?
1: I don't. Austin Eckler tripled him in snap last week. Yeah, I mean, it's clear the running back there is. And Jackson didn't get much work in the passing game, and that's where the value comes in the Chargers backfield. I've been saying it for years now. Eckler had 96 yards and two touchdowns through the air last week. You want the guy who's going to catch passes for Philip Rivers.
0: Uh, Keenan Allen, speaking of cat- passing catches for Philip Rivers, eight for 123 and a touchdown. He was targeted in the red zone, but one of the best catches you'll ever see by Malik Hooker uh, on the interception kept him from scoring two touchdowns on the day. Um,
1: that catch was ridiculous that, by Malik Hooker.
0: That catch was unbelievable. He's great. Travis Benjamin is on the other side. If, Mike Williams doesn't play. you got to think it's going to be Dontrell in- Inman. Um, Virgil Green will probably get the tight end snaps. Uh, how do you Besides Keenan Allen, who I'm going to have in my top five receivers this week, besides that, are you interested in Benjamin or Inman or
1: Green? I feel like Dontrell Inman might have some flex appeal because if uh, big play Darius Slay is shadowing Keenan Allen and then uh, Travis Benjamin, he's just more of a downfield threat at this point. We've seen Dontrell Inman have some success on the Chargers. So he's someone I'd I'd consider as a flex if I'm desperate. Maybe if I got hit by injuries. I disagree. If you're going to go with Inman or Benjamin as your flex, you're not in a great spot. And you want to shoot for upside. So I'm going Benjamin every day. So we're making a bet here. If Mike Williams is out, who scores more? Sure. All this right, is an absurd it. bet, but I'm sure Man, we, can, we can make it work. This, you know,
0: you got... a. Uh, a team with so much talent in the on the defensive side in the in the Lions, like they have probably one of the best safety combinations in Tracy Walker and Quadri Diggs, and then big play Slay. You got the the big guys up front that we keep talking about: Mike Daniels, Trey Flowers, Snacks Harrison, uh, even even Canard, Devon Canard, and they can't seem to get their shit together. It's crazy, and they have a they have a former Patriot defensive coordinator
1: at the helm. It's kind of it. kind of makes you wonder. It was that was, th- what the Lions did last week. At least they got a tie out of it. It's, the Lions and the Jets are probably the the two, worst losses or ties last week, just based on what
0: happened. Yeah, I mean those you can't. Uh, uh, the Redskins also they had that game in hand, and the Eagles came back and.
1: But no one's expecting up, the Redskins really do anything.
0: That's true, but they ended up
1: covering the spread.
0: Like, damn, bro. Uh, what about Philip Rivers? Is he a streamable option for you with all his weapons missing?
1: Uh, I mean, Philip Rivers, it, is he's basically that low ceiling, high floor, low end QB1, high end QB2 week in and week out. So, I mean, if you have like Jameis Winston and Phil, or Phillip Rivers is available, I'd, I'd go Phillip Rivers. Jason? I'd try not to go with Rivers this week. He just doesn't have that many weapons, and the Detroit defense isn't that bad. Yeah. Uh, so, if you're looking for upside, he could give you a game with 17 points, and you'll be happy. I'd rather take a shot on someone else this week. Let's go over to the Lions then. The
0: Lions, man, I was so high in carry on Kerryon Johnson, and I mentioned on Monday that his stock is falling for me. 16 carries to C.J. Anderson's 11 carries is something that is horrible to see, just gut-wrenching. Um, also, his work out of the backfield, two catches. You saw J.D. McKinsey also get two catches. Um The presence of TJ Hawkinson and Danny Amendola really make me worried about his pass-catching prowess because those guys kind of are in the same boat, slot guy, tight end. Um, So with that being said, Jason, carry on Johnson. What are the chances he has a bounce back
1: against the Chargers? Uh, It's a tough defense to bounce back against, but if – I'm not giving up on him. I have him as the 19th running back this week. At some point, this is a bevel, 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 bevel offense that's going to try to run. And that wasn't necessarily what they did last week. But, you know, Karen Johnson still had 16 rushes. Uh, CJ Anderson still had 11 rushes. That's 27 rushes. All right? And I know Matt Stafford threw 45 times. They just ran a lot of plays. They that's going to be what happens when people play the Cardinals this year. Michael's talked about it for a long time. So... He had one bad game. You can't give up on him after one bad game. Yeah, I mean, he did only play 50 of 88 snaps, which, like you said, isn't ideal. But people need to relax. Like, it's one game. Just relax for a second there, guys. Because, I mean, someone on Twitter asked us, carry on Johnson. It was one of those people who, like, tag a bunch of people. Carry on Johnson or Devin Singletary. Like, come on, Devin Singletary had four rushes last week. I know the Giants uh, aren't a good rush defense, but you should not be starting devin singletary over carry on johnson even if he does outscore carry on johnson it's just a bad move from every aspect and there were a couple people who said devin singletary like come on start carry on johnson uh on the other
0: hand there are some pass catchers here that came on strong one guy that we didn't like in the preseason but now you know with new information comes new perspective T.J. Hawkinson, six receptions for 131. Hawk, do, 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 Stop, Hawkinson. Yo, you need to go away, cause now you're gonna you're gonna put that song in everyone's head. Uh, 131 yards and a touchdown for T.J. Hawkinson. Another guy, Danny Amendola, seven receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown, including one big play. Danny Amendola is a guy that I said that I liked. I, I took him in a lot of best ball drafts because that slot receiver in Detroit, even when it was someone off the street who hadn't played last year. Always gets work. Matt Stafford loves throwing to his slot receivers. Uh, Marvin Jones four for fifty-six. It was a, you know, it was a it was a dud. And Kenny Galladay four for forty-two and a game-saving touchdown. So, Jason, what is your outlook against these pass catchers, uh, against a Charger secondary that's banged
1: up? What I said recently applies with Stafford. He threw forty-five times. We can't expect this every week. In a run-first offense, which they're probably going to be, they also had twenty-something rushes, as I said. So I'm going to slow the train on Hawkinson a little bit. We know Galladay is going to get his. We know Amendola is going to be Golden Tate light. So then, what else do we know? We know Hawkinson's going to get some looks, but when Stafford's throwing twenty-five times instead of forty-five, how many looks is he going to get? So let's, I'm just pulling the brakes on the train a little bit here. He's still a rookie tight end. He had a good game. Props to him. Let's let's show. I'm I mean, in. A, I'm sorry, my bad. I'm in
0: a Yahoo Diamond League for people in the 98th percentile on Yahoo Subtle Flex, and someone's dropped 80 Fab on TJ Hawkinson this morning. Out I of 100. Out of 100. Yeah. I could not believe my eyes. I like. I had to like rub. Like in you know how in the movies they rub their eyes like it's gonna make it better. Like I mm-hmm. rubbed my eyes and it didn't turn to eight. It was still 80. Um, you think? I mean, if he
1: needed a tight end, look, I'm 80. Look. I'm just taking the L on TJ Hawkinson. Jason could wait and see. This dude was a huge part of the offense. He excels in pass blocking. He excels in run blocking. He excels at pass catching. So he's going to be on the field all the time. He's going to be a part of the offense. Sometimes you just got to accept the L. A we show. Didn't, we yeah, didn't believe Michael in him because here. he's a rookie tight end, but he ain't playing like a rookie tight end. A show favorite, Michael Selfino,
0: uh, mentioned that, yes, rookie tight ends usually don't have success, but there's also – N- almost never a rookie tight end picked in the top 10 picks. So there's really no, um, there's no real like comparison to look at, right? Yeah. There's no diagram because he's, he was picked so high. That's something that we're going to Congrats to everyone who took the shot on TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Cause I think it's a real deal. Um, So how, let's talk about the other guys, Danny Amendola, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. How you feeling about the wide receivers here then Mike?
1: Uh, Kenny Galladay played almost every snap. Marvin Jones not as much. Danny Amendola not as much. So Kenny Galladay's like the guy who's gonna be on the field all the time. Which we expected. So that was good to see for Kenny Galladay. He didn't have the best game ever, but I still he should still be a solid wide receiver too this week. Marvin Jones is someone I was down on this season because of all the pass catchers and when what should be a run first offense despite what happened in week one. So I'm just Mark Marvin Jones is someone I'm not interested in all at owning. Like I just do not see the upside there for Marvin Jones. But uh, Danny Amendola may be in PPR, but I'm, I don't really want to trust Marvin Jones or Amendola. Uh, just a personal story real quick. A friend of ours, Kevin
0: Merciless. Shout out to Kevin, one of the best guys out there, one of the best guys you'll ever know. He texted Michael, right, before the game, and he asked, who should I start, Sammy Watkins or Marvin Jones? No, Michael he said,
1: "Convince me I should start Marvin Jones, right? <laughs> and Michael said, no,
0: you should start Sammy Watkins, and he went with Marvin Jones anyway um that's that's really that's one of those things where you're just like i'm just gonna quit fantasy forever yeah. um jason you mentioned that that matt Stafford threw 45 times and not to expect that
1: does he have any streaming value this week i'm not gonna use him this week uh i'd like to see it again and it looked it was good to see matt Stafford not with a broken back playing well he also only completed 60% of his passes. It's it's a strange performance last week. There's pros and cons, not just pros. Uh, so I'm gonna wait another week. The Chargers defense is still good, uh, even though what's his face got injured. I, I'm forgetting now. Um, the, the the safety. Derwin it's James. Derwin James. Yeah, but uh, they're still a good defense. So I'm gonna hold off on Stafford this week. Uh, anyone else you wanna talk about in this game? No? Yeah. Good up. Yo,
0: lock. Yo, fire up your Danny Amendola's people. He's like he's like a really nice. If you got a league with I mean, two I'm flexes,
1: not, I don't really want to start him this week.
0: But. If you got a league with two flexes, I think he's like and in, in your it's full PPR. I think he's one of the safer bets you can put out there, like a ten ten point base. I really do golden Tate that. light, golden Tate light, yeah, golden Tate white.
1: I think y'all might be bugging out. Uh. <laughs> he's the like golden nugget.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right, let's move on to the next game. The Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. Two offenses that definitely surprised. Uh, Talking about taking L's, guys, your guy's favorite guy,
1: Marlon Mack, uh, came out firing. I mean, am I supposed to be taking an L? Because I'm not for (laughs) Marlon Mack. (laughs) Me either. He played 48 of 63 snaps, 17 went to Naheem Hines. So Mack was the 1A. Like he was the clear lead dog. But guess how many targets and receptions he had? Two big donuts. So, unless he's going to find the end zone every week, he's going to disappoint now and then. Exactly what we expected from Marlon Mack. People who saw week one and think Marlon Mack is going to be this week in and week out RB1, I think they're going to be sadly mistaken. I mean, yes, it was a very nice performance, and it does make me like Marlon Mack more, but it's not making me join the Marlon Mack train to think he's going to be this week in, week out stud that you could always trust. I would sell him immediately. Yeah, I, I I agree.
0: He's a sell high candidate for me. Um, what about so Devin Funchess out for the season? Uh, bad break for that team. Deion Kane looks like he's the guy, the next guy up.
1: Let's. Or Paris uh, Campbell could play some more.
0: I, but yeah, he plays in the slot though. The, the he, thing,
1: the thing that bothers me with both those guys, Paris Campbell and Deion Kane, who are both getting a little bit of buzz since they're the young, fun guys, is that. Obviously, they were outsnapped by Funches before Funches went down, but they were also outsnapped by Chester Rogers and Pascal. So, two more veteran guys who played ahead of them, who played last season. They played ahead of Kane, and now they're playing ahead of Campbell and Kane at the moment. I mean, I don't expect it to remain that way forever, but I don't think Campbell and Kane are going to make a big impact for the next few weeks. Last you got to remember... Doyle and Ebron are still going to be mixed in. So that—that's what uh, I was
0: going to say. I think they get the biggest bump up from this, from Devin Funches
1: going down. I think all of a sudden, Doyle and Ebron become something. I'm still not interested. Uh, Doyle almost doubled Ebron in snaps last week. Doyle's the guy you want. He was also the one that succeeded with Jacoby Brissett in the past. Ebron did drop a touchdown. It, it, it was a close play. It went to video review. Uh, not certain that he dropped it. Looked like a it, that was yeah that was an interesting play. I could Yeah, but. But he look, he performed admirably. Uh, He's a decent quarterback. He's not much more than that. And I don't think he's going to be able to carry many players. And T.Y. Hilton, you're happy he scored two touchdowns. Uh, Not going to happen every week. Uh, But he's probably going to be the guy that does score a touchdown if Brissett's throwing them.
0: I think that T.Y. Hilton becomes a lot more attractive without Devin Funches just because they got to throw the ball somewhere. And T.Y. Hilton's the guy. And it looked like him and... Brissette had a good connection. Last time, it didn't look like he had a good connection with Brissette. Now they look like they're on the same page, eight receptions, 87 yards. Last
1: time, it was decent. I mean, they did. uh, Hilton did get over 1,000 yards. He did not. He was just very inconsistent. He did. He did not. He ended with over 1,000 yards. No, he didn't. 100%. His
0: only year without 1,000 yards. 100%. I am 100% on that. So am I. I see see that Jason is is looking (laughs) it up right now. I am 1,000% yeah, sure that Let's that is the on. only season that he didn't have 1,000 yards.
1: But I like T.Y. this week as a high end wide receiver, 2 against the Tennessee Was it defense. 2017? 2017. Um, his believe, only yeah. season not under. Well, his rookie season and then 2017, 966 yards. Okay. Bam! Arg. I
0: should have bet you on that one. You should have won a real nice bet right Too there. Too bad. I mean, 966 <laughs> yards is not that far away from 1,000, so. Technically, is kind of like a draw. Um, and obviously, Jacoby Brissett is not someone you're considering yet. But maybe if he keeps going like this, maybe he's in if a he quarterback two. Yeah.
1: He's in the quarterback two conversation. He's going like what? He didn't even throw for 200 yards last week. That's true. But he
0: threw. He was efficient. I, I mean, mean go, yeah.
1: Any, anyone is in the two quarterback conversation.
0: True. Let's go over to the Titans. The Titans put up a fucking show against the Cleveland Browns. Their defense. 43 yeah. for the 13. Yeah. Cameron Wake won defensive player of the week. Two and a half sacks in his debut. It's Shout gotta, out
1: Cameron Wake, yo. He's a veteran now. He's still killing it.
0: You, it's got He's like thirty five. He's more than a veteran. He's like almost an old man. Uh, it, it's got to hurt Dolphins fans to watch Cameron Wake win Defensive Player of the Week while your team uh, absolutely sucks it up. But
1: big time. With big that time. being said,
0: talk about efficiency. Two hundred and forty eight yards and three touchdowns for Marcus Mariota. Um, not f- for the Marcus Mariota haters out there. I still believe in Marcus. So of course ha. you
1: do. You like Mitch Trubisky.
0: Yo, How you, do you still believe in Mariota? Not as a fantasy player, but yo, because he has the best record against winning teams in the AFC of anyone not named Roethlisberger or Brady. And that's not a mistake. Anyway, I think Mike Vrabel's just
1: a really good coach. Look, he's
0: not—obviously, this is not—I mean, he's played for other coaches that are not named Mike Vrabel. I mean, he's still not fantasy viable unless you're in the two-quarterback range. But, I mean, keep an eye on Marcus Mariota. Let's talk about someone who is fantasy viable. Derrick Henry looked like an absolute stud— 19 <laughs> carries for 84 yards. He was the horse. <laughs> and he also caught that one catch for 75 yards and the touchdown down the field. You're taking 19 for 84 and the touchdown from from uh, Derrick Henry and you're calling it a day. That catch and, and run is just icing on the cake. Is Derrick Henry for me is a RB2 every single week, week in and week out, and this week's not different.
1: I mean, I have him as a RB1 this week. I have him as my, RB, uh, my RB12 overall. Going against Indy should be a decently scoring game. I think he's going to get a lot of work. It should be close. I don't think the Colts are going to blow out the Titans by any means. I don't think Titans are going to blow out the Colts by any means. Uh, the th- one thing that was a little concerning, Derrick Henry played 36 snaps. Deion Lewis played 26. So it was a lot closer to a 50-50 split than you'd like. It wasn't 50-50 by any means, but it was like 60-40, which is not great. But, I mean, Derrick Henry is going to get the early down work. Hopefully he continues to get a couple more screen passes after that great uh, catch and run last week. But Deion Lewis is still the pass catching guy when they need to come back. So it is gonna suck for the Titan for Henry in games where the Titans fall behind. But I like him this week. Uh Jason, you have anything to add about Henry? Even if he didn't have that seventy five yard touchdown catch last week, he would have ended with eighty four yards and a touchdown. Um yeah, which you would
0: have been happy with. So on nineteen carries, which you would have been ecstatic with. Yeah. Even if even without the snap count yeah,
1: I'm taking 19
0: carries. And the, and the it, tight ends
1: it, are favored in this game. Right. So, so
0: in case you were wondering what that means, positive game script likely. Um, let's talk about the pass catchers. A guy who came splurging on the field. That's not the right word. Uh, soaring on the field. Also the not right word. He was on the field. A.J. Brown, three receptions for 100 yards in his debut. Um, the guy across from him, our favorite guy in the world, Corey Davis, with the big fat donut. Yeah, it was rough. I mean, it's time to drop Corey Davis, right? No, I mean... I'm, for, I'm I dropping Corey Davis. No, I, if I'm I could drop Corey Davis there. for A.J. Brown, you, I would. No. Fuck, fuck Corey Davis. Corey Davis played <clears throat> 40, 45,
1: 45 snaps. A.J. Brown played 26. Taji Sharp played 30. Humphreys only played 22, which was surprising. But, I mean, Brown was out-snapped by Davis and Sharp. So, Slayer a little bit. And Davis did get some targets. It just They did not connect. Listen, I mean, I don't want to use answer, any of them this week. The answer is you could use Delaney Walker. You could use... Derek Henry, and the rest of the Titans offense should be in the the poop bin. Yeah, Delaney Walker basically played all the snaps again, so he's someone you could trust.
0: Yeah, Delaney was back.
1: Two touchdowns, too. Um, he looked good. Yeah. Uh, surprised. I wasn't buying into Delaney either. I, mean, I, I hope he's able to play a full season, but I, ride him out while you can.
0: Adam Humphreys was a little bit surprising, one for five. I thought that Adam Humphreys. Twenty-two
1: snaps only.
0: Yeah, I thought they'd be on the field more. I thought they'd be utilized more. But there, I mean, there is time to get him acclimated to this offense. Mariota really has never had a slot receiver, so maybe it's going to take a little time to get him in there. Yep. Um. Let's, unless there's someone else you guys want to talk about. You guys want to move on? All right, let's move on to the next game. Two offenses that are really interesting. The Jaguars kidding no uh the San Francisco 49ers at the Cincinnati Bengals man the Cincinnati Bengals offense under Zach Taylor looks like a completely, <laughs> looks like a completely different offense <laughs> the Bengals have been a notoriously slow offense under Marvin Lewis they ran 55 plays in this game they averaged on the high 30s in the Marvin Lewis era so just right off the bat the Bengals are way more um, way more attractive and way more sexy as a team let's talk about the big story John Ross. Uh, I mentioned him on the waiver wave. I, I wanted to come on the waiver pod. Life got in the way, but I want to mention. I went back and I watched his game pass, and he was completely involved in the offense. He lined up everywhere. Well, he was always on the outside, but they moved him around a lot of tight formations that they were running out of. Uh, they ran a couple screens to him. They found him with deep balls. Now you're not. He's not going to get a deep ball every game, but I really think that he has a chance to be a. a big part of this offense, even when A.J. Green comes back, so if you blew some fab on him, I think you made the right decision. I, I, I like John Ross in general, and I like him in this game.
1: Yeah, I uh, I bet in our main league, $100 fab, I got John Ross for 30 bucks. so I put a good amount of money on John Ross. I'm believing in it, not because, uh, not because of the two touchdowns, because he got 12 targets, yes. seven receptions of those 12 targets. He was clearly involved in the passing game. He was getting screen passes, and the Zach Taylor offense... Looked good. And Andy Dalton looked good. And we've seen Andy Dalton look good in the past. I would not be shocked if the Bengals end up becoming an actually decent offense. And John Ross was on the field for 63 of the 77 snaps. Damian Willis was actually on the field for 69 of the 77 snaps. The rookie wide receiver, which was a little shocking because he hardly had any role in the passing game. They said he would start. Tyler Boyd was on the field 61 of the snaps. So, I mean, John Ross and Tyler Boyd and Damian Willis seem to be on the field almost all the time. Uh... So I had John Ross only behind Jamison Crowder in my waiver rankings. I, I like John Ross as a wide receiver three this week, too. I don't think this is a flash-in-the-pan thing. I think this could be a legit year three breakout for a former number eight overall pick. Michael,
0: you mentioned that you sent us a, a pretty interesting stat in the chat earlier today. Why don't you say what you said in the chat?
1: Interesting stat? An uh,
0: Interesting um reading that you oh, did. Oh, yes.
1: Uh, Curtis Patrick, who we respect as a fantasy analyst wrote an article for Odoviz talking about how he thinks John Ross is the Bengals version of Brandon Cooks in the Sean McVay offense. And he said he'd be willing to put up 50% of his fab to get John Ross. So it's he's a, a believer. And we respect uh, Curtis Patrick's views. It was a very interesting read. They show, he showed the, uh, the passing chart, Brandon Cooks, last season compared to John Ross this season against the uh, the same team who they play again. I'm on who they played for some reason against the Seahawks, and uh, it was basically like the same route tree. It was very interesting. So, if that comes to fruition, John Ross is going to be a steal no matter what you really pay for him. And even if AJ Green comes back,
0: what the suggestion is that the Rams make three wide receiver works, three wide receivers work, then the Bengals will try and make three wide receivers work.
1: Yeah, I mean they had three wide receivers basically on the field at all time with Damian Willis. Yeah, they're yeah. coming out to in 11. And personnel. you can't trust AJ Green to stay healthy at all. Um, Tyler Boyd, uh, eight for 60,
0: not the best game ever, but clearly the go-to receiver even with John Ross. And I mean, I think eight for 60 is going to be his baseline. So you're never going to be, he's never going to shit your team. I think Tyler Boyd's one of the safer options out there.
1: It's funny. I said Tyler Boyd's my Robert Woods of this season. Robert Woods, I think started last season with almost the same exact line. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I love me some Tyler Boyd. He's going to be super consistent. So. You can just put him in there as your wide receiver, too, and be happy about it, in my opinion. I got him in a lot of places, and he's my wide receiver, too, and I'm happy about it. Uh, Jason, now,
0: speaking of pass catchers, Joe Mixon, questionable to play. He's iffy. He's going to be a game-time decision. Is Gio Bernard an automatic start for you if Joe Mixon doesn't play? Of course.
1: Oh yeah. Because Gio Bernard is even better than Joe Mixon.
0: I, I just wanted you to say that. We did I <laughs> did
1: I say I said this in the uh the waiver episode, so only the patrons heard it. But me and Jason, I don't know if people are catching on yet. Whenever we tweet about Gio Bernard, we always started with like the superior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the superior Gio Bernard. Yeah, go ahead, Jay, if you want to talk about Gio Bernard. I mean Joe Mixon, even if you just look at last week, which is a small sample size, but Mixon, six rushes, 10 yards. Two catches, seven yards. Bernard, seven rushes, 21 yards. Two catches, 42 yards. He's just a better player. He does more with the ball. Joe Mixon is a volume-based guy who people just want to be good. I don't get it. Like, he's a good athlete, yeah, and people want him to be this next big running back, and yada, yada. Bernard is there. And if Mixon is out, Bernard has historically, in his career, when he's a lead back, has been better than Mixon has been when he's a lead back. So I'm happier if Mixon is out, and I have both of those guys.
0: Jason is passionate about this. Um, What about Andy Dalton? 51 times he threw it. You can't expect that to happen again. 418 yards, two touchdowns. I think the biggest thing with Andy Dalton is that he got the ball out way faster than he has in his entire career. That's the Zach Taylor offense. Get the ball out quick and give it to your playmakers and let them make plays. Does this make Andy Dalton a streamable option?
1: In the right matchups... fucking yards. Yeah, in the what? right matchups, I'm not against it. Um, what about this matchup against this, San Francisco? This matchup's interesting against San Francisco. I have him as my San Francisco. I have him as my uh, QB 18. I might move him up further, but I like a lot of QB matchups this week, actually. So, But I might move him up. It's only Wednesday. We still got some time. These are just the initial rankings. Uh, but what I like the most about the Zach Taylor offense is that they played against Seattle. The most run heavy team in the league and they still ran 77 plays. So if they're going to be running a lot of plays every single week, that means a lot of fantasy points to go around. Uh, anyone
0: else in this Bengals squad you guys want to talk about? Uh CJ C. Uzma was involved uh over 60 yards on four receptions. Is he someone that you're in this, is in the streaming conversation against the 49ers?
1: I'm just I mean, disregarding the tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like the guy to own over Tyler Eifert. I mean, Eifert had six targets, but if, if you're going to start one of them, Eifert's probably more likely to get a touchdown, I guess. He's almost going to be the one to get more yards. You're better off just not starting a Bengals tight end. Yeah, we've we've spoke with people on Twitter about the fact that Tyler Eifert is a waste of a roster spot. People were legit ranking Tyler Eifert in their top 12. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, let's move over to the San Francisco 49ers side.
0: For a team that put up 31 points, their offense is pretty disappointing. Um, let's start with the running backs out of the backfield. Tevin Coleman, he looks like he's going to be out with a, with a dreaded high ankle sprain. This yep. a high ankle sprain is always always unpredictable. Never know when it's going to be fine. Never know. It's always a, it's a high risk for re-injury. Matt Breida, the guy who gets injured in the second quarter and comes back in the third quarter every single game of his life. He looks like the lead back now. Raheem Mostert was very effective in his rushes last game, nine carries for 40 yards. Matt Breida is not going to be the only back. This is going to be a dual thing. Kyle Shanahan does two running backs. This is how he does it. So, Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert, what is your outlook for
1: them in this game against the Bengals? Listen, I like my burgers, my hot dogs, on some Breida with some mustard. <laughs> wow
0: uh, i'm not gonna lie oh, that man. was super corny but i kind of liked it I, jason's uh, jokes
1: are so bad compared to ours. tim i think he needs to catch up oh okay there you go relish yourself man. are you serious <laughs> <laughs> That's a better reaction than me uh, <laughs> mine was way better but listen you, everyone who listens well if you're a new listener you're gonna find out now that we love brita he's love. a very good running back we love brita and uh as a lead back this week, I think he's a great option. You should happily start him as your RB2. I even think Mostert. Mostert's one of the only guys I um, grabbed off waivers this week. Uh, I think he has flex appeal right away. And if Coleman's out for a longer time, he's going to have flex appeal for a while. And the only, only thing I really know is, is going to be an RB2. Mostert, I actually grabbed in the Scott Fishbowl for $10. Your whole fab? No, it's a $100 fab. Oh, no. Really? The Scott Fishbowl, yeah. Because um, it's a lot of teams and a deep bench, so a lot of players were already owned. And I went after Mossert for 10 bucks, and I'm probably going to start him this week. You start 11 guys. I agree with Jason. I think he has some flex appeal right off the bat. Matt Breida, I, lo- I like as a solid RB2 this week against Cincy. Like I said, he ran 77 plays against Seattle, who runs the ball a bunch. So if they're going to be running a bunch of plays, San Francisco is going to be running a bunch of plays. I like Matt Breida this week. I think Mostert has some flex appeal. George Kittle was two called back touchdowns away from having an absolutely ginormous game one, which I think he could have an absolutely ginormous game two with the way the wide receiver weapons are looking for Jimmy Garoppolo. You Hear me a- out, people who have George Kittle. Me and Michael use this theory sometimes where things even out at the end of the year. Like T- T.Y. Hilton has two touchdowns right now. He's never had more than eight in his career, right? So getting two in week one kind of just means he's only going to have six for the rest of the year. So you better hope uh, that uh, he gets at least that many. Kittle missing out on those two touchdowns is fine. If you won your week already, that he just saving those touchdowns in his pocket for a week where you need them. I I will say this, and and although
0: that was a very scientific argument that Jason just made. (laughs) um, Look, you got to love the fact that Garoppolo was looking for Kittle early and often. Because the fear for Kittle was that he was not going to be the same guy with, with with Garoppolo, and those fears got got really, like, quelled in an instant. Yeah, because that was dumb. Right. G- he, <laughs> look, if you're a quarterback, you're going to throw it to the open guy. Let's talk about Jimmy G, though. Jimmy G, 18 for 27, 166 yard, yards, a touchdown and interception. He looked scared to get hit after the injury. Do you think Garoppolo's a little overrated?
1: At this ah, point... Probably. At this point, sure. He he has been injured a lot in his career. You gotta remember he hasn't really started many games in his life. So you gotta cut him some slack. I still think he's been a very good quarterback in his career. The main issue is that he can't really punch it in. Me and Michael have discussed this. Me and Michael have Robbie Gold on all our teams. Robbie Gold's the best kicker in the league when Jimmy Garoppolo is quarterbacking. Yeah, me and Jason didn't discuss this on the pods because we have a strict no-kicker policy, as you all know. But I really wish we shared the go grab robbie gold as your kicker uh, belief that we have because we grabbed him everywhere we could. And he already had like a double-digit week one performance because every time Jimmy Garoppolo's on the field, he can't get into the end zone. Uh, so let's talk about
0: the wide receivers in this game. Then the guy who he th- he throws to, Marquise Goodwin, one for seven. Kendrick Bourne, one for nine. Debo Samuel, three for seventeen and a big fumble. Um, Dante Pettis, I think, it has to be the the biggest disappointment of the bunch. Only played like what two snaps, three snaps? Two snaps total. Two snaps total, yep. man.
1: Debo played 60 of 68. Goodwin 50. Richie James, 26, Kendrick Bourne, 17, and Dante Pettis at 2.
0: That is—it's really disappointing to see because this is a guy who has all the talent in the world and just can't seem to put it together. Um, Dante Pettis has got to be a guy you can cut at this point, right?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, if you have Dante Pettis uh, next, I'd hold on to him one more week unless you could have got, like, John Ross, I would have made that move, or Terry McLaurin. But if he doesn't get more snaps this week, then you could just cut him. Oof. Who would have thought? Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I was perfect. I liked taking Dante Pettis in like the ninth round. It happens. Yeah, yeah I right. wanted the number one receiver in the Shanahan offense. Turns out that's not Pettis for who knows what reason. Well, honestly, we don't know who the
0: number one receiver is right now.
1: Yeah. So, well, I yeah. mean, snap wise, it's not Pettis. No, snap
0: wise, definitely it is seem not seem like it's going to be Pettis. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting thing out there in San Francisco to see how that uh, how that all plays out. Um Going forward Let's go to the next game The Jaguars At the Texans Gardner Minshew
1: Comes I mean, you in you guys See how Gardner Minshew looks Yeah Hilarious looks like He looks a like he's like a, Or like a, <laughs> a Guy who comes over To help mow your lawn Yeah It's and great He's got the body <laughs> Of that guy too The mustache but so a lot look, of people take a second to look up Gardner Minshew if you're listening to this. A
0: lot of people though, they like his makeup mentally. They said he was really great at Washington State. Uh, he played under a uh, uh, very famous uh, coach that whose name slips me, uh, the former Texas Tech coach. Leach? So,
1: no, not Leech. Yeah, I'm blanking too.
0: So it's it's interesting because he had he had a good debut. But with that being said, it's hard fantasy wise to focus on Gardner Minshew uh, without seeing it again at least once. So that leaves me with the pass-catching options, who DJ Chark, 4-for-146 with a touchdown. Chris Conley, 6-for-97 with a touchdown. D.D. Westbrook, 5-for-30 with a touchdown. All three of these guys would be in the conversation for us if Nick Foles was still the quarterback. Do they leave the conversation now with Gardner Minshew? Are you scared to play them at all?
1: This week, I think they all leave the conversation, besides D.D. Westbrook, for the sole reason that the Texans just released Aaron Colvin, their slot cornerback, after he got burned by Ted Ginn at the in the last drive of the game. And signed a big contract. They had to give him like eight million guaranteed.
0: And so they're still
1: paying that. Yeah. So who's their slot corner right now? We don't really know. And Mintry threw a touchdown to D.D. Westbrook last week. Uh young quarterbacks like to work the middle of the fields. I think Westbrook still has wide receiver three flex appeal. I, I think
0: agree. I think DJ Chark would be probably it, probably my number one waiver priority if Nick Foles was the quarterback.
1: It would be decent. I mean, he DD played 48 of the 58 snaps, Conley 44, Chark 41, so those three were the main targets and played early and often. They all looked great with Nick Foles. The touchdown pass to DJ Chark was impressive by Foles and Chark. There was not a lot of room, and he got it to him in the end zone. It's It sucks that Foles went down, but let's see how Minshew could do this week. Because last week against the Chiefs, coming in cold as a sixth-round rookie, he played pretty awesome. Let's
0: talk about the rushing stats. Leonard Fournette, 13 for 66. They had to get away from Leonard Fournette in a negative game script. And when you have Gardner Minshew, I, and that defense doesn't look great. Um, and they, they had their days, but they got torn apart by well by a very good offense. But they've been getting torn apart recently. It's it's hard to see Leonard Fournette being the guy that you think Leonard Fournette is, even though he was probably going to get uh, that many looks. How are you feeling
1: about Leonard Fournette in this game? I mean, Fournette was on the field for 50 of 58 plays, so he's the workhorse. Raquel Armstead got the other eight snaps, but he's going to be on the field 80-85% of the game, and he's going to get the rushes. He's going to get the passes. He's going to have some big games. Last week did not work out well. Uh, this week, I mean, he's going to get the work, so you, he's an easy RB2 to plug in there at this point as long as he's healthy.
0: Oh, Sean Hennessy. Jason, what do you how do you feel about uh, O'Shawn Hennessy? Jason, what do you feel about Leonard Fournette? I know he was a guy that you were kinda high on uh coming into the season. <laughs> I, kind, thought, tell high. Me
1: about, I thought you were gonna tell me about Oshaun Hennessy. I was high on his value, not on him. When you can grab him in the fourth round, that's a no brainer. I mean, even last week, he had sixteen touches, four catches, almost hundred yards. He's gonna do that. And he's a decent RB, too. When he finds the end zone, he'll get you some RB1 numbers. And there's going to be weeks where he's trash because the offense isn't good. But at least you know he's going to be on the field getting touches.
0: Let's talk about the Texans on the other side. Deshaun Watson did Deshaun Watson things. If you drafted him in the fourth round, you're starting him every game. Uh, I would not worry about his matchup against the the Jaguars. I'm starting him full force. Uh, I think you guys are on the same page with me on that one. Yeah. All right. Um, So let's go over to an interesting situation that running back situation. Carlos Hyde comes in, 10 carries for 83 yards right off the bat. He looked very good. The week one all star himself, Carlos Hyde. Duke Johnson gets nine carries for 57 yards. He also has a little bit of a better game in the running game. I mean, in the passing game, four receptions for 33 yards in the passing game. Carlos Hyde, one reception for two yards um is this a situation where they're going to cannibalize each other or are you interested in both Hyde and um and I'm sorry Duke Johnson.
1: Uh Duke Johnson owners are probably a little upset but on the surface it seemed like Carlos Hyde played a lot but he did only play 25 snap to Duke's 42 which you kind of had to expect once they brought Hyde in cuz for some reason no NFL team thinks Duke Johnson's worth giving a big workload too but the nine rushes like you said and the receptions you're gonna he's gonna get 15 to 20 on a good week touches every game he's electric with those touches he's on an electric team so I think he should continue to have low RB2 flex potential basically every single week especially in PPR leagues Uh, I don't like Carlos Hyde he's gonna be he's had one reception for two yards I don't think he'll have more than one game with one or two more than like two receptions this season so he's going to be a touchdown dependent guy. He's not going to run eight yards per carry every week. So I I I wouldn't even own Carlos Hyde. I'd rather take a shot on one of the waiver wire guys. But Duke Johnson, I think, will continue to be solid. Uh yeah, Carlos Hyde is Carlos Hyde is Lamar Miller without a slightly lesser skill set and without any receiving abilities. And people were unhappy about having Lamar Miller. He was an ugly RB3. At the end of last year, he became an RB2. It, what, what do you want to start Carlos Hyde for? He's going to give you like 10 carries and 40 yards. Yeah, I feel like he's Alfred Blue. Damien Williams did have some pass, a good amount of receptions last week against or Jaguars as well. Um, let's talk about the, the
0: pass catching options. You're not fading DeAndre Hopkins against Jalen Ramsey. You're not even thinking about it. Start him. Lock him up. Yep. Let's talk about Will Fuller and Kenny Stills. Will Fuller, 2 for 69. Kenny Stills, 3 for 37 with a big touchdown. People are saying that Kenny Stills, based on some quotes, could stay in that slot receiver role even when Kiki Q T comes back. Um, how do you feel about though? Let's, – let's concentrate here, though. How do you feel about um, these two guys in this matchup?
1: I mean, Will Fuller, the wide receiver, too, the deep threat. He's essentially Sammy Watkins. and We saw what Sammy Watkins did to the Jags last week, and now let's not get crazy. It's not going to happen again. That's an insane game. But they're in the same scenario here, and Will Fuller made some great catches last week. He only had two targets. That's the issue. But one of them still was a deep ball where he didn't kill you. He got you four points at least, not zero. Um, So I like Fuller as a wide receiver three. Yeah, and the fact that Fuller... Uh, had those long passes is that's what you like to see. That catch he made on Eli Apple is absolutely absurd. So he's going to keep getting those chances. I like Will Fuller as a wide receiver three this week as well. Kenny Stills only played 28 to 67 snaps. But like you said, that was his first week with the team. And then he had that big touchdown to give them the very brief lead at the end of the game. So he could be someone to consider. Once they got Stills, it was basically like Kiki QT is it's very definitely not good for Kiki QT. Yeah, you could probably drop him if you still own him. But I will I am going to like to see once QT plays how that's going to work out, but the, those two are more than likely going to cannibalize off each other. Let's move on to our next game. Oh, by the way, Jordan Atkins uh
0: At- Atkins, if you have him, you can you're probably disappointed because you thought he was going to do something, but I mean, not really. You know, Houston Titans would- never
1: <laughs> Why would anyone have him? And That's why would saying. anyone be disappointed that he didn't do anything? Because
0: if you had him, you probably like, oh, the starting tight end. Maybe he can be an Owen Daniels type. He can't be. Um, let's maybe. move on to the next game. Or a C.J. it's Fido. Yeah, I mean, you act like you act like tight. I mean, the Texans tight ends don't have a history of doing something. Um, let's move on to the next game, an NFC North slobber knocker in our last game on the docket, the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers look like a terrible, 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 terrible but offense. Just terrible. Uh, but everyone looks terrible as against the Bears. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, last game, 18 for 30 with two oh three and a touchdown. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers against a pretty good Minnesota Vikings defense?
1: Aaron Rodgers, He's, the thing with him is that last week, he played the first game of the season against the best defense in the league. So it's it's not easy to do that with a new offense, with Matt LaFleur offense. And now he gets Minnesota, probably a top five defense again. So I'm a bit lower than Aaron on Aaron Rodgers than the consensus is. I think I have him outside my top 12 or just, I have him as my 12th overall QB just because I do think that he, if he has had, uh, he has had good games against Minnesota in the past. So he plays up against his competition, the division rival. I think he plays decently. I just I don't see the huge upside of Aaron Rodgers this week. Jason? I texted you guys this last week, and I stand by it. I don't know what it is. There's something about it. I cannot stand watching Aaron Rodgers play quarterback anymore. He is a bitch who has terrible footwork. He throws away the ball more than anyone I've ever seen. And his footwork is awful. And it's made up by his amazing arm. Nobody can deny that he has one of the best arms in the game. And that he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the game. So it doesn't matter that his feet are in weird spots. And it doesn't matter that he's... I don't know. He's going to make plays. But that offense is just so ugly nowadays. And watching him play is ugly. And I think he's a back-end QB1. And I think that's where he's at right now. He's not Darren Rodgers... With the overall QB1 ceiling anymore.
0: Wow. Strong words from Jason. Michael, how do you feel about it?
1: Well, I just spoke about Aaron Rodgers, Tim.
0: Oh, how do you feel about <laughs> it? Well, oh, true that. Uh, then let's go over to his, his pass catching options then. Devontae Adams had a bad game for the first time in a year uh, yep. four for 36. Marquez, Valcon, scant- Scantling, excuse me, four for 52. Uh, Jimmy Graham had the lone touchdown. He had three targets for 30 yards. Um, and then absent from the stat sheet is Geronimo Allison, who didn't even get a look. So with that being said, how do you feel about these pass catchers against uh, this Minnesota Vikings defense?
1: I mean, I'm firing up Devontae Adams, of course, as a high-end wide receiver one. I think he bounces back. When it comes to MVS and Allison against Minnesota, if I had to choose one of them, it's MVS. Obviously, he seemed to show a rapport with Rodgers last week when Allison wasn't even targeted once. So MVS is the preferred option of the two, but... I don't like either this week. MVS, I'd, I'd use him as a flex option if I had to, but I'd rather leave him on my bench.
0: I think I got a bet with you MVS versus John Mollison, do I not?
1: I don't remember. I've been on the Guys,
0: MVS train. I think it's clear that he's the number two there.
1: Remember in the Packers heat wave when I said, what if the answer is no one?
0: You say this every week, so of
1: course Because you the answer is no one. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it every week. What
0: about Jimmy That's Graham? It?
1: I don't want to start either of them. What about Jimmy Graham?
0: In a week 10 in pool, Aaron Rodgers said he loves to get him more involved. He had a touchdown
1: last week. What do you think? I'm not getting Jimmy Graham, man. I mean, we it's the ghost of Jimmy Graham out there. he He's old. Yes, he looked a little better last week. But, I mean, the touchdown, I don't even think the touchdown pass was for Jimmy Graham. Go look at that touchdown again. I'm pretty sure it was, I forget which, runner, uh, which wide receiver was running across the back of the end zone. But well, there was a wide receiver there, and then Jimmy Graham kind of just like turned around and caught it with his big body. So I don't even think it was intended for Jimmy Graham. You know how I feel about Jimmy Graham, I right know. Yeah. And the Vikings are a tough defense. I'm just, if he has another big game, then sure, maybe he'll actually be something this year. But I'm, I'm just not expecting that to be the case.
0: One of the best uh, tweets on Thursday, I forget who it was, but someone said, "How do I turn on a game? I don't know. How do I turn? How do I ch- fix my television so I'm not seeing Mike Davis?" And Jamal Williams so much. Um, I feel the same way. Jamal Williams, five carries. To Aaron Jones, 13 carries for 39 yards. Aaron Jones did not look effective in his first game back. But then again, he is facing one of the better run defenses in the league. Aaron Jones against, uh, again, the Vikings, also a very good run defense. Are you trusting him? Are you running him out there? Or, like, let's say if you have a guy like Breida on the bench or a guy like Mostert, um, I would say Breida more. Are you starting a guy like Breida over Aaron Jones this week?
1: I'm starting Brito over Jones. Yeah, wow. That's a
0: lot. That's a lot to say. I I concur. I'm not starting
1: Mostert. Yeah, me neither. Definitely Jones over Mostert. It sucks that Aaron Jones only played 38, snaps Jamal Williams 26. I hope that's not a sign of things to come in the coming weeks. I hope Aaron Jones could separate himself. But, yeah, week one was not great. But, again, like you said, it was against Chicago. That's a very difficult matchup for any running back. Minnesota's tough too. Last week, the Falcons couldn't do anything in the running game, but they were also down fourteen nothing in the halfway through the first quarter. So, I, I think Aaron Jones is more of a low end RB two this week again because it's it's a tough matchup. But I'm hoping he's able to break a long one or find the end zone. Jason, it is a tough matchup, and so he's a back end RB two. Uh, I'm not. I mean, you shouldn't be giving up on him just yet. Uh, you got him because he's been very good on limited touches in his career. And LaFleur is likely to, he said he wants to get the running game even more established. Even after last week, he admitted that um, the running game wasn't where he wants it to be at. So, Aaron Jones will be more involved in the future. The Packers will be better in the future. Um, Their offense was pretty atrocious week one. And it was uh, a tough s- matchup here. It was a good sign, real quick, that Aaron Jones had three carries in the first half. I believe it was, or two, and then he ended with 13. So... Double-digit carries in the second half.
0: Some A team that did have their running game together, the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yes, they did. Dalvin Cook, 21 for 111 and two touchdowns on the ground. Alexander Madison even got nine rushes for 49 yards. You know you're rushing a lot when Amir Abdullah gets two rushes. Um, on the flip side, though, Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 10 times for 98 yards. Uh, Adam Thielen did get a touchdown, but besides that, everyone else. A really shitty day. Kyle Rudolph with the big donut. Stefan Diggs, two for 37. Um, Obviously, we're not going to see this again. It's not correct. But this Kevin Stefanski offense, this is what they're known for.
1: I mean, once they went up 14-zip, it was just run the ball down their throats and play some defense. So if that happens again, it's going to suck for Cousins and Thielen and Diggs owners. But they always play tight, the Vikings and Packers. I don't think it's going to be a game like that again. I, I, I've always been a Thielen over Diggs guy. I think it's pretty clear that it's still Thielen over Diggs. Diggs only played about sixty percent of the snaps last week. He was dealing with an injury. He he wasn't the one to catch to catch a touchdown. In his history, he is so much worse when he's on the injury report. So that's something to monitor with Stefan Diggs too. Let's see if he's healthy going to this game. But yeah, Thielen is definitely the preferred option of the two, in my opinion. Uh, I Jason? prefer Thielen as well. Um I, I'm a little off both of them. I have them at 17 and 20 in my rankings. So wide receiver twos. They're not the wide receiver ones they used to be. When when Cousins throw the ball 10 times, you just can't trust them like you usually would. And I know it's going to be a closer game. It should be, at least. But when a team wants the quarterback to throw only 10 times, that's not something that's good. One thing's for sure, these two
0: rivals are going to go at each other. It's going to be a good game to watch. That is it for us for this episode. Don't forget to tune in to our no- another, the second episode, excuse me, which we post at the exact same time. We just like to break it up because we don't want to make a three-hour podcast. But we're, we're posting at the same exact time. Go check that out. Uh, if you want to check us out online, you can go at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. Also, at Brodo Wrap Up. The wrap up is up. For those of you who don't know, I uh, I dabble in the rap game and I rap about the f- about football. So go check that out at Brodo Wrap Up. Uh, Jason, where could they find you?
1: At Jason Patrow. Michael. At Mike underscore Petrop.
0: And at TemperTrop for me, but only if you're feeling real, real, frisky. real frisky. Don't forget to hit us up on BrodoFantasy.com. Yep. Don't forget to hit up Thrive. Yep. ThriveFantasy.com. Use the promo code Brodo. And don't forget to visit our Patreon, Patreon.com slash BrodoFantasy for a whole bunch of extras, including our insights about waivers and waiver priority. That is one thing that we excel at. That is not one thing that you are definitely not going to want to miss. Just like you're not going to want to miss the second episode. So let's get right into that. For now, see you later. Peace. Later.